Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 to see Sports Dallas Primetime. Of course, you know it already. We are live every single night, and you can check out more Cowboys content over at adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. You know what I'm excited about? It is tonight. It is August the 31st, if you're watching this live. But it already feels like September. Of course, we are one day away from it. But it is a Thursday night. And you know what I was doing once I had the show prepped and once I was done with work until 8 p.m. Central? I was watching a legit big-time football game between Utah and Florida. Damn, that sounds nice. But not only that, the show that I was preparing was not only about preseason football, preseason standouts, surprise roster cuts, wild predictions and all that stuff. No, it was about actual football matchups, regular season matchups. Because what we're doing tonight is looking at the big reason why I believe the Cowboys are going to dominate September and maybe start the season 3-0, and and who knows, maybe 4-0 and before they get to the big San Francisco 49ers game, which will be a huge measuring stick. Not, for, not to determine whether or not the Cowboys are a playoff football team, but it's just going to be a big chance for the Cowboys to really avenge two playoff losses in consecutive years against the same team, right? The 49ers. And it could be a game that changes conversations around the NFC, honestly, even if it's a week five matchup and nothing else. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the show. Let me say hi here really quickly. Toxic Tom says, let's just focus on week one, one game at a time. All I care about right now is going one and oh. You know who should focus on week one? The players, the coaches. We're not suiting up. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Have some fun with it. That's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, <laughs> I've always enjoyed those type of, of, of comments. And Toxic knows I love him. But yeah, man, like, come on. We're not playing. We ain't got to focus on anything. We ain't got to focus on week one. It's, it's cool to identify trends and really kind of just like uh, go through some of these matchups and, and see what we are in for. So that's what we're doing tonight. We're not, we're not focusing on week one. Uh, uh, the Thursday night before the week of the game. So I promise you, though, that come next week, we're going to talk a lot about week one specifically. <laughs> uh, shout out to Colin here on the chat. We've got uh, Guru. We've got Katharina. We've got a, a lot of people here on the show so far. Inez Gomez saying hi to over on Facebook. Bruce, Gregory, Ronnie saying this is going to be 
a great season. Oh man, I'm already feeling the excitement of football season being back. And let's get right to it. Here's what I mean with the whole thing about the Cowboys potentially dominating September. This is what I mean. We've talked a lot about facing Daniel Jones and the rising Giants in week one. Because they're an exciting football team. I'll give it to them. You know, they got Brian Dable. The offense really looked fun last year. They won a lot of one-score games. So you got to wonder, heading into 2023, will that hold up or, or will they regress a little bit in terms of their wins and losses? But they've got Darren Waller, and he's doing great in training camp. He's looking like the vintage Darren Waller, so that could be exciting. Saquon Barkley is back. They've got this spitster Jalen Hyatt on the outside. There's some fun stuff going on for New York. And then week two, you're sticking with the New York opponent. You are facing Aaron Rodgers at AT&T Stadium. Uh, he might not be with the Packers anymore, but the but the Cowboys and Rodgers have history. And, you know, Cowboys fans, let's be honest, you kind of, you know, you, you know, like the Mufasa dialogue in, in the lion king it's like aaron Rodgers. Ooh, you know it's kind of like that thing uh because he's earned it let's 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 admit it the guys earned that respect from cowboys fans but you talk about those big quarterback names and you look at week one as a big time matchup because it's a big name and division matchup and then the same for week two with aaron Rodgers. But there's a big reason why the Cowboys are favored in both of those games or projected to be favored in both of those games. And that is the reason why I believe that the Cowboys are set to look very comfortable in September. And, you know, for NFL, you know, standards, because you're never comfortable in the NFL regardless of the opponent. But this is a ranking by Pro Football Focus of the first three offensive lines that are up for the Cowboys' defense in 2023. Week one and the Giants, they've got the 29th offensive line per PFF rankings, and we'll get into the details of each of these, by the way, later here. Uh, the Jets on week two, they've got the 23rd ranked offensive line, and then the Cardinals, who are one of the favorite teams to be drafting number one overall when it's all said and done, They've got the 31st ranked offensive line. And you know what the Cowboys have? They've got this dude named Micah Parsons, who has won defense or earned defensive player of the year votes in each of his first two seasons in the NFL. He's got the defensive rookie of the year award, and he's looking better than ever. We use that those words pretty, pretty liberally in the preseason and in training camp of every single year regarding every single player on every single team. But with Micah, it looks very real. <laughs> he is tearing it up. He is ruining practice for the Cowboys. And he added some weight, even if it was a little bit to stay healthy. You know that that's going to count when he moves inside, when he gets dirty. It's going to be a fun year for Micah Parsons. And he's got a new nose tackle that's going to rotate in frequently to help out with the scheme protections for, for reposing and kind of how to mess them up. It's a great pass rush that the Cowboys have. And in fact, the number one team in pressure rate, according to pro football reference last year, 
The Eagles got the sacks crown, but in terms of who was generating the most pressure, it was the Cowboys. And maybe the difference wasn't astronomical, but I think that the Cowboys really had the most dangerous pass rush because it was not only winning the traditional way, Dan Quinn was also cooking up all sorts of wild ways to confuse opposing quarterbacks, which is big when we get into the individual matchups uh, against each one of these teams. And I'm going to start with, for example, the Giants, right? This is what their offensive line looks like. Now, I will say, and this will be just focusing on week one, Andrew Thomas versus Micah Parsons is a matchup that I love to watch. You know, the last time that they faced each other, it was just fun football, heavyweight main event. That was where my eyes were set every step of the way when the Cowboys played in, in Thanksgiving against the Giants. Andrew Thomas versus, versus Micah was just fun. It isn't a battle that you're going to see from start to finish because Micah will keep moving around. But let's give credit where credit is due. Thomas is so freaking good right now. He's one of the best left tackles in the NFL easily. Easily is one of the best left tackles in the league. And yet, Micah beat him good for at least a few of, of those reps, right? He got the sacks on Daniel Jones that one time. Just good stuff. It's going to be a fun battle. Other than that, there's just not a lot to say about the Giants. They're kind of hoping for Evan Neal on the opposite side to take a big jump. Because as a rookie, he did not look what like what we thought Evan Neal would look like. You know, product out of Alabama. He was supposed to be an immediate impact starter. Really wasn't that for the Giants. It looks like he was struggling a little bit to adapt to the NFL. He was not only adapting to the league. He was moving from the left side to the right side coming out of Alabama. So that was also uh, a part of the challenge. And then you've got some questions on the interior offensive line, including the fact that you're going to be starting a rookie. Now, do not get me wrong. John Michael Smith looks like the real deal, but I am really looking forward to seeing how Dan Quinn cooks up some wild stuff for the rookie on his NFL debut because I think we're going to see some wild stuff because, you know, the center has to make decisions. He has to communicate. And he's the one guy that you want to manipulate when he's a rookie starting in week one. And I'm excited about what Dan Quinn can have in store for him in uh, right away in, in his NFL debut. So, again, this is the same offensive line that allowed the third most pressures last year. Big advantage for the Cowboys there because we've been talking a lot about how the Giants have improved, about how Daniel Jones is trending in the right direction. I don't know what Daniel Jones' future is going to look like in the NFL, but he did progress. In 2022, there's no question about that. But I look at the Cowboys' pass rush versus that offensive line, and man, it's a favorable matchup for Dallas. So that is going to be big for sure. Welcome, everyone, into the show, by the way, if you are just joining us. Let me look at the chat here really quickly. Let me look at what you guys are saying here in the chat. Uh, this is a good question from Colin. And I'm not going to lie, I, I, I swore when I was preparing the show, I swore like I should write down where the Cowboys are ranked at by PFF because somebody's going to ask. And then 
I forgot. I do remember that it's top 10. I want to say they're sixth in the PFF initial offensive line rankings. And I know that the PFF is controversial, but I think that when it comes to offensive line rankings, it's one of the best places that you can go to for several reasons. Uh, but I'm, I'm confident in just like having that landmark, even if it's not the exact rankings, you still know that the Cowboys are facing a bad offensive line unit for the Giants. And you just complement it with the rest of what we know, right? So like the stuff that we just talked about uh, with those individual players that we were thinking about. Now, Buddha, uh, Buddha X-Files, excuse me, says, Jets going to play us very tough. And Toxic Tom says, Quinton Williams is going to be a problem. And that is going to be a problem for the offensive line for sure. 13 and 4 is Eric Lee. He's already tossing the win-loss record in the chat. I love it. Calvin Jefferson says, we have to put 14 on them in the first quarter. No slow starts. Now, you guys already mentioned the Giants. So let's get uh, the Jets, excuse me. Let's get to that too, because it's also one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. But this one might be, I agree, one of the toughest opponents right away for several reasons. But let's talk about the offensive line first. Man, Nikai Becton, is this finally the year for the right tackle? The Cowboys are going to face this offensive line in week two. And you're going to have Micah, Lawrence, and DeMarcus, uh, and Marcus, what am I doing? You're going to have Micah, Sam Williams, DeMarcus Lawrence, and then, you know, the whole entire rotation for the Cowboys with Armstrong and Fowler and everything. They're going to be facing one tackle that has been hurt for two years, and that's Mikhail Becton. Unproven. This is supposed to finally be his year, but we'll see. He's going to be the right tackle for the Jets. Now, the left tackle is going to be 40 years old. I'm talking about Dwayne Brown. And we had a similar conversation when the Cowboys signed Jason Peters last year when all that you could say about Jason Peters was, oh, he's old now. And that was like the knock on him. It wasn't he's old and it shows. It, it was just he's old, period. With Dwayne Brown, I think you're starting to see it. I think you're starting to see a left tackle that is not anywhere close to being one of the best in the league. We know his name. He's been around for a while, of course, but you look at his numbers, you look at the tape, and he is a player that is not going to be looked at as a perfect blindside protector for Aaron Rodgers. So the Jets are honestly somewhat weak at, at tackle. You could argue that Connor McGovern, and no, not that Connor McGovern, the other one, uh, right guard, Elijah Verd Tucker, those guys are going to be solid options on the inside. They might give the Cowboys some trouble there. But this is not a good offensive line that the Jets have. And the hype for the Jets has been sky high this offseason because of Aaron Rodgers and the defense. Because the defense is fantastic. But, man, it's not going to be easy for the Jets with that offensive line. Counterpoint, though, it's Aaron Rodgers gets rid of the football very quickly. They're going to be prepared for it. So it's going to be a game where the Cowboys do need to get ahead pretty quickly. So suddenly quick throws and quick game is not going to cut it for Aaron Rodgers and company. Uh, 
it's a very intriguing game because the Jets' defense is totally real. It's one of those games where I the, the way I see it is, okay, the Giants are solid, etc., but the secondary really is not. I think that the Jets is going to be a perfect game to really perceive what difference Brandon Cooks makes on the offense, right? Because you've got Sauce Gardner. You've got one of the best cornerback units in the NFL. And last year, it could have been just take away C.D. Lamb and the Cowboys offense is going to crumble. Now, though, you've got Brandon Cooks. You've got a healthy Michael Gallup. It should be a fun game, and it should really be a gauge as to how the Cowboys offense can perform against an elite-level defense. So I'm very excited about that game. And this also impacts the pass rush, which is basically the main topic of tonight's show. Because if the Cowboys offense cannot get it going early and they cannot get ahead on the scoreboard, then the Cowboys defense is not going to be able to pin its ears back and get after Aaron Rodgers because they're also going to be concerned about the run, uh, which is supposed to be very good. They also traded for Dalvin Cook, uh, excuse me, signed Dalvin Cook to really double down, even if he's not running back one for the Jets. It should be a fun game. It really should, and we're excited about that one. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Let's see here. Last time, was Toxic Tom, that the Jets won the Super Bowl, we still had not landed on the moon. Man, the Jets, and, and you know, it's tough. Justin says... Jets fans will be big mad after week two. It's a rough start for the Jets. Like, they, it's a bad slate for them. They really, and, you know, other side of the picture is they could be okay. They could win the division. They could do all of that. But they could be done by week eight. Like, the Jets could miss the playoffs, even with Aaron Rodgers, even with all of the hype. Tough to know, really. Because there's a lot of moving pieces for them. Is Mikai Becton taking that step forward? Is Aaron Rodgers really settling settling in quickly? Is the defense going to hold up? Or is it going to be a victim to defensive regression? Which is fairly common in the NFL. And it's again, it's a, it's a rough, rough slate of games for them early in the year. So can they keep it from crumbling? If that makes sense. And it's like, and obviously this has to do with those late of games that they face, but you're playing the same division as the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins, now those are real, man. Those, those are very real in terms of talent. If Tua Tungovailoa holds up, I don't know if the Bills can keep their streak alive in the division. I picked them to win the division, but not with a whole lot of confidence, right? Anyways, I know that we're getting a little bit taken away from the from the topic of this show, but all I'm saying is that Cowboys-Jets game is going to be fun in more than one way. And I mean that they're, we're going to get a lot of answers for the Jets because they play the Bills and the Cowboys. Week one, week two, not going to be fun. Colin says the Dolphins have Kelvin Joseph. He is our secret weapon. All kidding aside, though, and let me confirm this before I tell you a lie or something like that. Yeah, the Cowboys are visiting the Dolphins. Big break for Dallas to have to go and do that in week 16 and not early in the year because 
that Miami Heat is a true, true home field advantage for the for the Dolphins for sure. Steve Scoggins, I appreciate you. He says, I love your channel. I look for you to get 100,000 subs soon. Dallas Cowboys for life. You are the best. I appreciate it, Steve. And hey, it is fun to be a part of such a team. You know, we've got uh, Skywalker still in the mornings. You get me at night. But then there's also a whole lot of other people working on the graphics, working on a lot of stuff. It's pretty fun to have that. And I am very appreciative of the entire ADC Sports Dallas team. And that's only talking about the YouTube channel. The ADC Sports team as a whole, man, I'm, I'm just, it's changed my life. I, I really love being a part of ADC Sports. So I appreciate that comment. I just want to shout out everybody else that is involved. So that's week one. That is week two. And then pull out the, the sad music because, man, the Cowboys are playing the Cardinals in week three. That is such a bad situation, man, in the NFL right now. Now, how can I tell you this? You look at the, at the Cardinals, and you look at them position by position, and the offensive line is, oh, you could say average. You could say it's not the worst in the NFL. They're ranked 31st by, by PFF, though. But, man, could it be one of their strengths? <laughs> I know that sounds like I'm making fun of them, but and, and maybe I am a little bit. But, man, they got DJ Humphreys at left tackle. Who You cannot be mad at having DJ Humphreys, I guess, at left tackle. Like He, he should be perceived as his strength. But then you also got Paris Johnson Jr., the rookie, who I think was preparing to be a guard early in the offseason. And then they recently traded Josh Jones away, so now they're going to uh, put him Put, put Johnson over at right tackle. They've got uh, Hernandez there at right guard. It's, it's a weird offensive line. They've got a lot of tackles in that sense, but who's going to be playing quarterback? You tell me. Because it's not going to be Kyler Murray. He's starting on Pup. So that's four weeks at least of missing games. And Paris Johnson Jr., I will say this, he did play with Ohio State. He did play right guard and he played left tackle. I know that the difficult transition is mostly on which side you're going to be playing, but still, right tackle is a position that he did not play with the Buckeye. So that's got to be at least a question mark. But circling back to the QBs, it's going to be Joshua Dubs. They said goodbye to Colt McCoy, so that's done. Kyler Murray is not going to be it. It's going to be Joshua Dobbs, who they recently traded for, who actually played the Cowboys recently with the Titans last year, if you guys remember that, when Brian Tannehill was hurt and we thought that we were going to get Malik Willis and then Titans decided to not go the Malik Willis route and instead had Joshua Dobbs in there, which made for some fun TV because he's a former Tennessee Bull, so Nashville fans were pretty excited. But Cardinals, uh, you know, that's that should be an easy game. Get ready for week three being the first game that people are going to be like trap game for the Cowboys, even if it's not really a trap game. But you know how things go when the season comes around. Gonna be gonna be interesting, gonna be interesting, but maybe maybe not week three. Week three won't be interesting. Now, 
it's technically not in September because the Patriots game is going to take play October 1st. But if we want to expand it just a little bit, because the Cardinals, man, I don't have a lot to say about that matchup. But if we expand it just a little bit to October 1st, the Cowboys could really go 4-0, in my opinion. And I'm not saying that these are easy games. I mean, the Giants and the Jets are certainly not going to be easy games. But let me know in the chat, from 1 to 10, how likely do you think is is it for the Cowboys to go 4-0 before that big game against the San Francisco 49ers? Let me know in the chat, 4-0 start. How likely do you think that is? You open the season against the Giants. You go to the, uh, to no, you host, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in week two, and then you play the Cardinals, and then you play the New England Patriots from one to 10. How confident are you in maybe starting 4-0 before the 49ers game? And let me just talk very quickly about the Patriots while you give me your answers. Offensive tackle is an issue for them. They've got some good stuff going on on the inside. You know, they got Devin Andrews, who, in my opinion, is very, very good center. Is it Devin Andrews? Am I confusing the name with somebody else? Or is it James Andrews? Now I'm starting to second-guess myself there, but we can put a pin on it. They've got Andrews. I remember the center. And then they got Cole Strange, who everyone made fun of when they drafted him, but then turned out to be a pretty decent rookie for them last year. But they've got maybe Calvin Anderson starting at right tackle by then. Maybe it's somebody else because they don't even know who's going to be the right tackle at this point. It's not going to be a fun offensive line. And Mac Jones is going to be playing quarterback. And I don't want to hate on Mac Jones. But he's far from being the Aaron Rodgers that the Cowboys are facing in week two, right? So from one to ten, how confident are you? Or how likely do you think it is for them to go for a no? Tom and I want five, says five. Gregory says 10. Sonny goes with nine. Justin D with the 10. Katharina goes with the nine. Uh, Mark Andrew with the seven. Noel with the eight. Inez with the 10. What else do we have here? Jerma with the seven. Toxic says five. This is like predicting the market. Too many variables. And October is so far away, says Toxic Tom. And I can respect that. I, want, I can respect that. But I also think it is very telling that a five is the lowest answer that we've seen so far. I'm going to go with a solid, I'm going to go with a solid seven. There are too many variables. So I do agree with that. The Cardinals, I'm not overthinking it. That's a win. That's a W for Dallas. Giants and Jets do scare me though. So that, that, that's the reason why I could drop it down to, <laughs> to six maybe. Because even though they've got poor offensive lines. I mean, they're good teams. They're decent. So, yeah, let's go. Like, if I had to call it, I would probably play it safe and go 3-1 and because you could really lose any of the other three games that's not the Giants. That, that's not the Cardinals, excuse me. Because even the Patriots could be a tough out. Hear me out. The Patriots are going to be a tough out, actually, because... First and foremost, the game is... Oh, no, the game is in Dallas. I, I was wondering if it was in Foxborough. No, it's in Dallas. The Patriots have had one of the best defenses in the NFL in the last couple of years. And people have forgotten a little bit about that. And last year, people loved to hate on Mac Jones. But that offense was rough. 
I don't know exactly why Bill Belichick thought that Matt Patricia would make for a good offensive coordinator. But now they've got Bill O'Brien. And people have hated on Bill O'Brien because of what happened over there when he was at Houston and when the Texans traded Andrew Hopkins away and all of that. But Bill O'Brien as a coach, I think he's good. I think that's a good addition for the Patriots coaching staff. So they're going to be a tough out. Uh, Charles says, oh, my God, are you serious, Mo? And I think that's because of the Patriots comment. I think I think they're a tough out. I think they are. Uh, I'm calling the Cowboys to win maybe when the time comes. But I do think the Cowboys have a legitimate shot at 4-0 to start the season. Like, just looking at the offensive lines that they're going to be facing for the first three weeks. To me, games are won there. To me, games are won in the trenches. And those are three consecutive games where I believe that the Dallas Cowboys have the advantage over their rivals. So that's why I decided to put together this show and start talking about some football games. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is mostly what why we're doing this. I thought, okay, it is way too early to start diving deep into the Giants game. But let's have some fun talking about these football matchups in sort of a look-ahead program. Now, yes, Toxic is right. A lot can happen from now till October. Yes, Dak Prescott could be injured before week one, right? And I'm, knock on wood, knock on wood. Obviously not calling for it. But, yeah, I know that a lot of injuries can happen and stuff like that. But I'm saying, hey, from what we know now, and at least on paper, the Cowboys are going to be favored in all four of those games. They're going to be favored in all four of those games easily. So I'm going to say they have a shot at it. They do have a shot at it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, some Cowboys news to end the show on this Thursday night and to close out the primetime week before we see each other again. Uh, Mo, you're going to get in trouble. It's Mrs. Charles. It's Mrs. Zedeka Charles, LOL. Did I say... Did I say it wrong? Sorry about that if I did. I usually say Charles because I, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce Sideka and I don't want to risk it sometimes because I don't want to look bad or anything like that. So I apologize if I said something wrong there. Uh, apologize if so. Anyways, <laughs> let's say Mrs. Charles from now on. If that's cool with you guys in the chat. Anyways, uh, some news though to end the show. Gilbrand. Rest in peace. He died today at 91 years old. And really some news that got us thinking about the history of the NFL and the history of the Dallas Cowboys. We know the brand really revolutionized the way that the NFL draft is played and the way that the combine works. So he was one of the innovators that actually put together the NFL scouting combine. And then when it comes to the NFL draft, he had this whole project that was commissioned by Textram to him and a programmer that I'm trying to remember his name, but I really can't at this moment. If somebody remembers the name for any reason, drop it in the chat, please. And they developed a computer program that printed out evaluations of players in 
record speed. Like it was unseen of, and obviously this was during the rise of computers and all of that. So what it basically, uh, what it, I'm going to get to that. What it basically did is it just printed out sheets of paper with an evaluation from one to nine. That was the scale that they used. And the way that they would get to these numbers, because obviously there were not chips and shoulders, there was not a scouting combined that maybe you had a relative athletic score number and all of that. And, and I found this pretty interesting, which is what I wanted, why I wanted to say it was they would have coaches answer questionnaires of players. And the funny thing was like, since coaches are like football guys, they're not big on data and all of that. The way that Gil Brandt made it work with the genius programmer was the questionnaire was filled of coaches phrasings or coaches quotes like this player is quicker than a cat from one to nine how much do you agree on that and it was kind of like this old school way of diving into technology where you could clearly see that maybe that was not super objective right now in 2023 but at the time it was so revolutionary because you had you would have scouts and coaches really fill out those questionnaires pretty quickly and then you had many many like hundreds of scouting reports more than you would have in the past so that's part of Gil Brandt's legacy obviously uh, we know that things have changed so much since then I know there's a controversy in which Gil Brandt was involved when Dwayne Haskins tragically passed away and he had some very unfortunate comments on radio there's no way of defending what he said that day, right? But I think that his legacy is still pretty huge, and it's obviously sad news. Uh, 91 years old, Gil Brandt. Noel asked if he was in the Hall of Fame. He was in the Hall of Fame. He was inducted pretty recently, I think, relatively. I don't remember exactly when, but I remember that it was recent. So fun, fun, uh, not, not fun, excuse me, but like... Uh, Fun story in the sense of what he did, though, for the Cowboys draft and the whole NFL draft process. So I thought it was pretty interesting when I read about it about two years ago, I guess. But yeah, Gil Brandt passed away, 1932 to 2023. That is a long life. Philip Gonzalez says 2017 Hall of Fame. So not that recent. I would I would have guessed I would have guessed uh, even more recent. Toxic Tom says, different generations have different takes, Mo. Tons of former players love him. Everyone me speaks. Look at your owner. And yeah, man, like, not to go all philosopher on, on things, right? But I do believe personally, from a personal point of view, that no one does wrong on purpose. And especially for those kind of cases where it's like just an unfortunate choice of words. I I wouldn't personally let that tarnish all of what he did for countless people, right? So Gilbrand, rest in peace, tough news, but still, you know, 91 years old, a life well lived in football. Somebody that really let football become his life. Yeah, so we're going to do that. That is safe for you, Mo, better than calling me Charles. Yeah, we're going to go with Mrs. Charles. <laughs> we're going to go with Mrs. Charles. I appreciate you for being here, of course, as always. Do me a favor and hit the like button. <laughs>
hit the thumbs up for me and i will see you next sunday night 8 p.m central and we're gonna be gearing up for the kickoff week of the 2023 nfl season i'm excited i'm excited about starting to to talk some actual football with you guys it's gonna be so fun cowboys are zero and zero and we're gonna go into a season where the super bowl is the goal thank you so much hit the like button for me and i will see you el dia de mañana muchísimas gracias bye bye